Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome in. It is our number two of the early line right here on... Sports I'm Kevin Walsh joined by Donnie Wrightside, and the Live Golf Invitational will begin this upcoming weekend, and, or actually tomorrow. Uh, this will get underway. There's a lot of big uh, n- news stories around this, but we'll start actually with what is some level of breaking news, Donnie. Bryson DeChambeau and Patrick Reed are going to join the Live Golf Tour. I do not think they'll be available to play on t- in tomorrow's tournament that'll be taking place over the weekend. But those are two more big names that are looking like they're going to be playing in the Live Golf uh, Tour overall. Now, also, let's take a look at what goes into this. Because the more and more I learn about the Live Golf Tour, the more you say to yourself, why wouldn't golfers actually do this? Because when you hear about the tour coming out and the PGA Tour itself saying, now we're going to penalize you, we're going to fine you, we might be able to sue you, we'll kick you off tour. The initial reaction is, oh, man, like, okay, you're going to get a lot of money, but you're going to play in some obscure tournaments. Uh, You can't play in any majors. Now you're seeing some of the cracks here in the foundation of this whole PGA Tour stronghold where yesterday alone, and maybe this is what spurs some of these guys leaving, the USGA saying, hey, guys, we're not the PGA Tour. If you qualified, you're more than welcome to play. So light bulbs go on. Now, hold on. I can still play in the majors, play less golf tournaments, and make way more money? You're going to think about this more now because it is a little bit different, Kevin, if they said, look, mm-hmm. if you go to the Live Golf Tour, you're going to make a lot of money. You can't play in any majors, therefore shutting you out of those big moments and basically the reason why you play golf. But right now, they're basically telling you, hey, maybe in the future this is going to change, but go over there, make money, and also play in the majors. Isn't that the best of both worlds? Yeah, it- it is because they're not on current salaries, right? From my understanding with the PGA Tour. At some point, I think we're going to bring either Cam or Dubsy on here uh, to really talk about this as this develops. Maybe either today or either tomorrow, Friday, or maybe even next week after the whole thing plays out. I want to see what their thoughts are after kind of this thing uh, unfolds there. But this is to me why the live golf tour and setup is way different than the XFL or the USFL, or anything else that you would make the comparison point, Donnie. Big names are coming. Big, major names are joining. We, we talk, Like, if I told you that all of a sudden there was an upcoming basketball league and they were able to grab Joel Embiid and Damian Lillard and Anthony Edwards, you'd be like, well, hold on a minute now. Like, this, those, those, are a couple of, those are a couple of names there, right? 
But the the thing the thing is, like the NBA is so deep. Where for golf, I feel like you will maybe only need the upper echelon, Donnie, to catch interest here. Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau, Phil Mickelson. You tell me if I'm wrong. Those are three of the ten biggest names in the sport that are now going over to play in the Live Golf Tour. You do have a point here in this because, yes, the NBA is deep. The NFL is deep. So a player here, a player there doesn't make much of a difference. But I just said yesterday, right, let's just say the top 50 golfers in the world. And you say, all right, 25 are going to leave for the Live Golf Tour. 25 are going to stay in the PGA. What's the point of watching the PGA here? Because, again, Sunday, and I'm not talking about majors, Kevin. I'm just talking about a golf tournament where you're going to say, can I watch a baseball game this weekend? Am I going to go barbecue? Am I going to go to the beach? What am I going to do? Hey, hold on here. Dustin Johnson, Patrick Reed, Phil Mickelson are in the final pairings here on a Sunday. That's kind of interesting here. What's the PGA Tour got? Jim Smith, Dave Smith, and Tom Smith. Yeah, I know where I'm watching here, which is so fascinating to think about. As the radio audience enters the fold here on a Wednesday morning, Kevin Walsh, Donnie Wrightside, talking about this Live Golf Invitational, which is going to be getting underway tomorrow. The the interesting aspect of this as well is going to be the gambling aspect here. I, to Just to be totally upfront, I cannot tell if you're going to be able to bet this on the FanDuel Sportsbook. I don't see the odds, but I've seen things that suggest you might. Maybe down the road you will, right? But I think that's going to be one of the interesting aspects overall, right, where... If you have a tour, like DeChambeau and Dustin Johnson feel like a huge cut above the rest, Donnie, if you're able to line up, hold on, so all I got to do is bet on DeChambeau and DJ, and I'm going to be able to cash a ticket when it's all said and done. That also might catch some eyes. If people can be profitable early on, that might draw some interest as well. And also, how about the national coverage? Because I know yesterday on Moneyline, we're saying, well, where is this actually going to be at? Well, you got to find it on streaming markets, or maybe you got to find it on YouTube at that point. But sooner or later, if it does draw enough eyeballs, now you're looking at the major network saying, oh, we might want to get into this. And also, let's keep in mind, there are some different structures here. Typical PGA Tour event, Kevin, what, four days? Now you only have to play three. It's an eight-event season here, which assume next year is going to be more because they probably would start it earlier than in June. But if you can play half the tournaments, make twice as much money, this is what you live for. This is why you turn professional to get paid as much as you can and work the yeah. least amount you can. Tiger Woods has done it for decades on the PGA Tour. He plays half the tournaments of everybody else because of all the money that he's accumulated off of the golf course. Mm -hmm. It's going to be interesting to see how this pans out. But the more stars come over, the more those stars reach back to the United States and say, hey, uh, Justin Thomas. Uh, you can make triple here, and they treat us great. Mm -hmm. Watch out. And if Dustin Johnson wins the Invitational this weekend against what would feel like a subpar field, Don, we've said bucks. this, but let, let Brooks kept us and be like, now hold on a minute. Why am I out here getting thrashed by John Rahm and Will Zalatoris <laughs> every weekend? Let me go figure something else out. Sally's coming. Baseball previews. Sally's going. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. 
Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. All right, folks, we're back with you right here on Sports Grid, making it happen, moving and shaking. Find out that I got to have to figure some stuff out on, on Moneyline today. I might have to be mobile as it pertains to breaking it down uh, when we start at 1 p.m. Eastern time on Sports Grid Radio, so make sure you tune in. Uh, we will always be talking about the baseball board, and we'll have live baseball to follow, which is very, very exciting because it's always a nice time to follow some live baseball on Moneyline. The first game that we're going to talk about today, though, is Blue Jays-Royals. Singer Kikuchi, Toronto is the favorite in this game on the road at around minus 150 with an 8.5 total. That looks like it could be on its way to a 9 as you line up the first game here, Donnie, for us to talk about what's jumping out. Yeah, decent weather out there in Kansas City. And those Toronto bats starting to turn the corner. Kansas City always seems to be struggling at times at the plate. But if we're looking at this and you're trying to line up Toronto, what they do well, George Springer, 243 ISO power number versus righties. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., a 235. Everybody else, though, below a 170. But sometimes you have to take into effect and say, all right, how are these bats turning the corner with those cold Aprils that are the cold April stretch that the Toronto Blue Jays did have? But Singer has had a very good season, but got lit up in his last start. So it's always interesting to see a younger pitcher try to come back and bounce back. Now, you say Kikuchi had a decent start last time out, but he's still not going to be protected. He's a left-handed pitcher that's get damaged up here by right-handed bats, Kevin, on the season. A 347 weighted on base percentage and an ISO power number of 206 to righties. You're going to be able to stack a lot of right-handed batters in the lineup today. And as I talked about yesterday, sometimes those leap of faith games are making more and more sense where you're seeing teams routinely go double digits with runs. I think this game has more likely a chance to score runs than not. Singer, if he has a good performance, maybe it's six innings, three earned runs at his best. And then if you take a look at Kikuchi, he's only a few you know pitches away from getting blown up hmm. himself. If those Kansas City Royals get the three to four runs in this game, you'll get yourself a nice total. Looking more at the over in this game than anything else. I think whenever I see a game described like this, I'm very interested because I love when it feels like you have multiple avenues to cashing the ticket. That's always what catches my eye where you say, listen, Toronto might do this on their own. You never know. Maybe it's a, it's a spot where you could find Kansas City live a little bit in the game because they are able to put up four or five runs themselves. Those are the interesting spots to me when you talk about a full over eight and a half minus 120. Again, that juice says we're closer to a nine than dropping down to an eight. So you might want to get in now if you like what Donnie's saying there. We'll move over to Mariners Astros. 
Verlander had the ball yesterday and it worked well for Houston as it has all year long when Verlander has the ball. Uh, he was actually, by the way, a part of a really nice FanDuel boost that cashed on Verlander, Kopech, who was awesome, uh. and you Darvish, who was also great. All for five-plus Ks. Good payout that did cash. Today, it's going to be Urquidy and Gilbert getting the ball for their respective clubs here. Minus 140 range on Houston with an eight-and-a-half listed total once again. Is this another spot maybe to back the Astros? If we take a look here at that line, eight and a half. Now, we just went and looked at a game that said, okay, what about be going over the eight and a half? It makes some sense. You're in a very good, mm -hmm. you know, hitter's ballpark in Houston. But this game plays out to me as an under. So if we take a look at Gilbert on the season, XFIP round of four, which isn't bad, but he's got really nice numbers, weighted on base percentages here to lefties and righties alike. Keep in mind, Gilbert is a right-handed pitcher. 203 to lefties as a weighted on base percentage and 288 to righties. Look at his ISO power numbers, 069 to lefties and a 132 to righties. That's great stuff, even though that Houston lineup does play out fairly well night in, night out versus right-handed pitchers. But also, you got to keep in mind, for some reason, Houston, yeah, they might get three, four, maybe five runs, but still, they're getting very good pitching and very good bullpen action, which a lot of their games are staying under. So if we take a look at Urquidy on the season, that XFIP hovering around that four range, he's gotten lit up from the right-hand side. 365 weighted on base percentage and an ISO power number of 226. But the issue always is now, you have a rebuilt lineup here for the Seattle Mariners, but it's still not producing runs as you saw yesterday. Now, is Verlander in the same you know capabilities of Urquidy? He's way better than Urquidy is, but I just don't trust that mm -hmm. Seattle lineup. So this game, to me, plays more of an under. We talked about this yesterday, though. It's always interesting when we talk about uh, like NBA, NFL. I feel like trends we always talk about. Baseball, it's such a money line sport at times, right? It's so pitcher dependent. It maybe doesn't come into the fold here. But the Astros are under, under, under. 40 and 16 to the under this year. 40 and 16. That's crazy. And the thing about that, like you would be like, wouldn't that make sense, Don, if this was like an underachieving Astros team where you're like, oh, you know what? The pitching style of that, that lineup. Like you line that lineup up on a daily basis as one of the very few that's impressive. It's just something about it. These games, you saw yet a 4-1 score line. It's just their offense did plenty. Verlander was fantastic. And just so you know, it, that, by the way, with this ballpark, they are 16-6 and six to the under at home this year. So, so that's it's. They are just an under under ball club right now. It is such a monstrous number, and it could line up once again. We'll go over to Marlins Nationals. Listen, hand up. If Donnie says a guy's the worst pitcher on the slate, even if the strikeout <laughs> prop is low, you just got to back away. Uh, listen, I thought that a Don could get rocked and that they'd still let him go out there and continue to be shelled. But even the Nationals have to have a little self respect and say, okay. It's the top of the fourth. There's eight runs on the board for Miami. You've been able to get zero people out in this inning. We got to make a move. And I don't know if it's going to get any better today for the Nationals, Don, because the Miami Marlins rock up at minus 230 range here and a flat seven with one of the best pitchers in the National League and Alcantara getting the ball. It's another spot I'm sure to back Miami, but how so? Yeah, you should be back in Miami here. Maybe not that minus 230 price, but certainly a parlay piece. Alcantara's been sensational in this early season of 2022. And then you're throwing out another young pitcher for the Nationals that you hope turns the corner. And I don't know what corners they're turning at this point because Adon yesterday, he was <laughs> terrible. And then you see Gray come today with an exit of over five. And I said it yesterday, Kevin, it's a pitcher's ballpark down there. And I said, you know, I'm still going to ride. And also the telling tale, right? 
who in the right mind had the Marlins at a four and a half at a minus 115? And she's like, hey, I'll buy the Marlins up to a four and a half and take the plus 150 number. No, they were legitimate four and a half, and they got that by the second inning after a grand slam. So Gray's on the mountain, as I said, that high exit number. He's been getting torched by left-handed batters, but this is interesting. Now, granted, 108 batters that he's faced, that's not 10 or 12. That's a 416 weighted on base percentage and an ISO power number of 352. So if we're looking at this, you know what team I would actually like to supplant into this game? The Arizona Diamondbacks would roll eight lefties at this guy and crush him. <laughs> but take a look here at the lineup anticipated for the Marlins today. Chisholm out of that first hole, lefty. After that, no other lefties. All right-handed batters. And actually, Gray is a pretty good weighted on base percentage versus righties of a 278. So this is one of those where I still do think Alcantara pitches a has, excuse me, has a very good performance, and they do win the game. But my goodness, this would be so nice if you could have thrown at least five lefties in this game for the Marlins at the plate. Quite frankly, I look for the Marlins to win this game, but I would have loved to say, hey, take the over seven because Gray's going to give it up. I think the Marlins win this in a low-scoring battle because if Gray is going to have a good performance, it has to be here and now in a pitcher's ballpark versus a lineup that's not throwing any lefties at him. So let me see if I can sell you on this then. Yesterday, a two-home run day for Jazz Chisholm, plus 115, two-plus bases. The only lefty in the lineup, if he's going to start off, if he's going to bat leadoff as well, Donnie, at plus 115, does that line up? Yeah, it does line up, and it sounds like something I would take in there. Like, oh, hold on here. The Marlins got 12 hits, and Chisholm didn't even get on base, which seems like the last two player props that I did say, let me take the best guy in the lineup with the best yeah. matchup, watch the team score eight runs to get 13 hits, yeah. and my guy not play any part of it. But you're on to something there with that. He should hit, and he should yeah. do damage against Ray today. Yeah, it'll – I know – I trust you. I mean, I, I think everybody kind of knows that feeling where you go, now, hold on a minute. Yeah. They went out there and scored how many runs? And I and I got what back from the best player in the lineup? But yes. uh, Jazz Chisholm, obviously, yesterday, a hot at the dish. If he can carry that over against Gray, plus 115 is not a bad look. A lot more for us to break down, including Nestor Cortez getting the ball against mm. the Twins, who have now fallen to 1-7 and seven straight up when they are a home dog. Home dog again today. We'll talk about that game to lead off our next segment right here. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see, so... No, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. 
Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. With you live on Sports Grid, the baseball preview rolls on. Nestor Cortez will get the ball. Right now, when we talk about those AL Cy Young odds, which uh, it's, it's relevant after Justin Verlander yesterday had the ball. He remains the favorite at plus 450. It is fascinating that Cortez is not even the favorite of Yankee pitchers. It's then Garrett Cole plus 600, plus 650 Shane McClanahan, and then 8-1 to one, Gausman, 8-1 to one, Cortez. So it's so interesting because I do believe if the season ended today, Cortez would win the vote. That's my – maybe it's Verlander. I think Cortez would finish no worse than second – but the expectation is at some point, this is going to stop. Well, maybe that's today, Donna. You tell me. It's Chris Archer getting the ball for the Minnesota Twins in Minnesota. How do these two teams line up today? Watch out in the seats today for those New York Yankees. As I see 75 degrees at first pitch with a 10-mile-an-hour wind blowing out to right field. And why do I say that? As Kevin's fav- favorite segment of each day, who? is the worst pitcher on the card today based on my numbers here. Well, Nestor Cortez is number three, so obviously it's not going to be him. There's 26 pitchers on the card today with 20 or more innings in 2022. The worst XFIP minus on the board, Chris Archer. So this is on one of those automatic kicker plays that I've been having some fun with over the past two weeks saying, forget about the handicapping itself. Let me just fade the worst pitcher on the card. You know what it was yesterday? Adone, and that ended in two innings there where the Marlins had a four and a half and had five runs by two. Am I saying it's a perfect scenario and it's going to work out? Not necessarily, but if I'm looking over here at Chris Archer at what he's done on the season, that exit minus again at a 124. Now you say, hold on, Don, his ERA is at 3.89 but also a 4.89 XFIP number in the Sierra of 4.75. It's a decent pitcher's card overall today, but Chris Archer, for me, is the worst on the card. And how many times have you heard me say it, including leading off today? You take a look at the middle of that Yankees order and how it's doing against either a lefty pitcher or righty pitcher today. Chris Archer, he's not bad weighted on base percentages, Kevin. 333 to righties, 317 to lefties. ISO power number is a little bit elevated to both sides, but here we go. Aaron Judge, an ISO power number of 401 with a weighted on base average of 480. Anthony Rizzo, a 274 ISO power number, weighted on base average of 356. Giancarlo Stanton, 248 ISO power number, 365 weighted on base percentage, and even Josh Donaldson, a 183 ISO power number and a 359 weighted on base percentage. Everybody else in the lineup below average, but as long as those guys keep cranking and you get picked Pitching like Nestor Cortez has been doing. This is a good parlay piece today. Fade the worst pitcher on the card. It's Chris Archer. Not to say the Yanks are going to get 10 runs, but they should be able to win tonight and win comfortably. I don't know what the record is. It's definitely a winning record. I wish I did on fade the worst pitcher on the slate. But there are only two that I can remember, and it was Dallas Keuchel and Adon, and both literally were winning tickets through two innings of work. So it does make sense. The Yanks number is four and a half right now at minus 122, which means that could be on the move up to a five. So you might want to get in now while you can. Uh, And again, look, the Yankees are are really, really hot. And here's the other thing. We talked about this yesterday, but it's an interesting trend to follow. The Minnesota Twins, one and seven straight up when priced as a home underdog this year. That is obviously 
a horrific re- like just to you know for perspective the only thing that would be worse is an 0 and 2 record for the Astros like that 1 and 7 is abysmal for Minnesota and I don't know if that fixes today with Cortez up against Archer swinging it back around here Rangers Guardians uh was slated to be talked about a little bit Shane Bieber's got to- Shane Bieber does not feel like a guy all that relevant anymore. I don't know if that's just me. Maybe I'm not paying enough attention to Guardian baseball, but he just doesn't feel like he carries the same weight that he once did. Cleveland is still favored in this game, round minus 160, seven and a half's the total. How do you match these two teams up? Yeah, let me take a look here because I'm seeing, so we have the Rangers, Dunning, and Bieber. So my numbers, I had a little bit different today with an anticipated pitcher that might have changed. So I had it with Pilkington. So I'm going to scratch this one off the board at this point. But the Guardians at a minus 162. Dunning is an average pitcher overall, but I was trying to line this up with a different pitcher. So I don't want to lead the people with the wrong way, but it was basically that left-handed pitcher going up against the Texas lineup. But obviously, if a lefty's not going to be in the mound, it doesn't make any sense here. So we'll pass on this game. So there you go. Moves around, obviously. And that's the mm-hmm. always trying to figure out who's going to be in, who's going to be out. I will let yes. people know that Shane Bieber strikeout prop, 6.5 minus mm-hmm. 148. It does not feel like all that long ago that we used to see those Bieber strikeout props at 8.5 minus money over, and then they still just hit what felt like every single day. How about Cardinals Rays? I mean, you want to talk about one for the good guys yesterday, Donnie. Ooh. Uh, what was it? 2-1 to one St. Louis, bottom of the 10th, two outs, two strikes. And a three-run walk-off shot for Tampa Bay gets you where you need to be on a team total. I don't know if we'll, that'll be able to happen again, but it is still a favored list uh, listing here for Tampa Bay with Corey Kluber getting the ball. Is it the Rays' offense? Is it maybe St. Louis that's interesting you? Where are you taking this game? Yeah, take a look at last night, right? So you have one, you need over three and a half. You have one run heading into extra innings, but that's the key ingredient here. This is why we don't take unders. And yes, unders can win, but unders aren't designed to win because you don't have the backboard of extra innings. If you took that game yesterday and you said to yourself, I want an under in the game and I want an under on the Tampa Bay total, you stone cold won that game because your handicap was correct. But DRS had over three and a half in that game and I was wrong on my handicap and I still won. Why? Because there's a thing called extra innings and anything can happen when you have ghost runners on second base. Case in point yesterday, a two, what, two out, two strike home run that hit the foul, or three run home run that hit the foul pole in right field. That's also one of those where you're watching, right? Shot right down the line. Like, man, six inches either way is going to make me win or lose this game. And it hit the foul pole, which was sensational stuff. Now, getting back to the game today, here's what's interesting coming in. Packy Naughton is on the mound here. Not a very good pitcher from last year. One of those fadeable guys for the Angels that every time he showed up, This is a guy that you want to get after. So now he switches teams, and he's going to be pitching for St. Louis. And also you say to yourself, all right, doesn't have too many innings on the season, roughly about 50 batters or so. He's really dominated lefties, but gives it up a little bit to righties. Now you take a look tonight. If we're looking at the lineup for the Rays, every single batter in this lineup is projected, Kevin, to be a right-handed batter. So you say to yourself, that's where I want to get after. But just because you're lining up all those bats, doesn't mean they're going to be very efficient because looking at the lineup today, only one guy, which is Diaz, is a 178 ISO power number or higher against left-handed pitching on the season for the Rays. And weighted on base percentage, just a couple guys with decent ones here. But if we're looking yesterday, that under streak might continue today unless you get the extra innings. I would love to take another team total here on the Rays and sort of use that leap of faith where all of these right-handed batters will get the Naughton, but they haven't shown the propensity to do that. So maybe an under is in the fourth forecast for the trop today.
It could make sense there. I feel like the Rays have really just kind of been moseying on through, right? Where it's like, oh, man, like Toronto's starting to play some good ball there. But they're only one game better than Tampa. Maybe this is all Mm -hmm. just a factor of how good the Yankees are. Because the first two teams in that AL wildcard spot, right? How about this, Donnie? The, the, The three teams right now that make up the AL wildcard, Toronto, Tampa, Boston. Like, imagine this yeah. thing really does play out exactly how people kind of were considering where this this is just the AL East all the way through. These teams have just continued to impress. And you know what? Let's talk about uh, the AL, that, that Red Sox-Angels game. 13 in a row. This is getting to, you know how this goes, Donnie, they can't lose again territory there. There are people, whether you people think that it, it makes sense or not. There are people that bet that way. Well, I don't know if they're going to be betting that way today. It's minus 170 range on Boston with Eovaldi up against Detmers. You're expecting Trout to not be in this lineup here. I mean, is there any reason, Donnie, for people to back the Angels to stop from losing their 14th consecutive game? Zero chance. And I would roll again. I mean, the Red Sox are quite pricey today, as you see with the FanDuel Sportsbook, right? Minus 164. But if we're taking a look at pitchers, you know, standings for me, Nathan Eovaldi's a top five pitcher on the card today. You know who's second to last behind Chris Archer? You guessed it. Reed wow. Detmers here with a 118 XFIT minus. Now, granted, these aren't XFIT minus numbers of like 135 or 148, which are ridiculous. But quite frankly, if we're just lining it up, a 4.66 Sierra and a 4.65 XFIT number, it doesn't look that good. And this is one of those teams where you're saying, hey, maybe Last night was a game that you finally saw some offense for the Angels. Well, how about this? Take your best player out of the lineup and then still try to actually come over here and break this losing streak up. Just ride it. Ride it out because we're not even saying, Kevin, we got a bad pitcher. Like, they did some damage yesterday to Whitlock, who's had a very good season. You're going to get Eovaldi, which is every bit as good, if not maybe better, than Whitlock on this season. And going up against a young left-handed pitcher here, just take the Boston Red Sox. The wheels are falling off of the Angels, so why not make some money on it? Yeah, it's a nightmare for the Angels. And to try and snap this without Trout, what is the upcoming series? I'm assuming this is going to wrap this up with Boston here. Like, how how bad can this ultimately... Man, Donnie, after that, three versus the Mets, two versus the Angels. Or, excuse me, two versus the Dodgers. Oh. I mean... mean, yeah, no, they, 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 an inner squad might be the only way to break yes. the slide there. Then they've got five in a row all in Seattle. I mean, you would anticipate, obviously, they'd be able to grab. Man, could this team go they have no stopper in a row? Like, they have no, it's supposed to be Otani, but it's not that been that guy this year. You're supposed to have that ace on the mound that no matter what happens yeah. every fifth day, you're going to have a legitimate chance to win. And you're not getting it right now. Like, think about this. Like, Mike Trout's going to get probably x-rays or MRIs on the groin injury here. You're only a day or two away from, hey, Otani, a little bit of oblique here on the mound where he's going to miss like three starts. And you're headed for just that doom and gloom on the Angels where maybe you start to think about moving Mike Trout at this point. Sounds crazy, but are we finally starting to get there? No, he's just going to stay there forever, whether it matters. They were 27 and 17 when they started. To the Dodgers. And about 500. Ends up on the Dodgers. And they are just a, yeah, I know. NBA game. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Where do we begin? It's game number three of the NBA Finals between the Golden State Warriors and the Boston Celtics. It is going to be a home status right now for the Boston Celtics for the first time in a long time hosting an NBA Finals game. They are a three and a half point favorite around minus 150, minus 160 on the money line. Tonight's total is 212. DRS, I've actually not had the pleasure to be here to break down an NBA Finals game just yet. So I'm a little anxious. I'm a little anxious. I'd actually like to start us off here. Because I think this is a great spot for the Boston Celtics. They have not lost back-to-back games during this postseason. The Boston Celtics have had their moments of blowing teams out. Yes, they've been blown out, but we've seen them bounce back from that. We've learned throughout these playoffs, do not worry all too much about a team being blown out. You almost, in a way, say, oh, great, they're going to bounce back next game. We've seen that plenty of times. And Golden State, while I know Boston has had their vulnerability at home Golden State has not been fantastic outside of the Bay, as we have talked about on this show. I do not have any real reason to like Boston to win this game, but think that three and a half points is too many. And in fact, Donnie, this is something you and I have talked about, alt spreads. I think there's a reason if you want to try and climb the ladder on Boston to win this by double digits. I really do. This is a spot to me where the Celtics should take a 2-1 advantage in this series. Feels good to finally be talking about an NBA game here, like that old meme from the Titanic. Like It's been 84 years. I mean, it really feels like 84 years between some of these games here. But if we're looking from a perspective on what you got out of game one and game two, if you say the first game was absolutely dominated by the Golden State Warriors until that collapse in the fourth quarter, right? Game two here, a little bit touch and go in the first quarter, or excuse me, first quarter and second quarter. And then the third quarter, you really turned up the gas on the Warriors. So when we talk about hockey, where I thought the Rangers would be the right play yesterday because technically they mm-hmm. dominated the first three games of that series, I get the feeling that Golden State, now granted, 
you're going from San Francisco to Boston. You don't play as well typically on the road than you do at home. That all measures into it. But the more you start to think about it here, it's like, okay, who actually is the better team? Well, to me, the Golden State Warriors are the better team. doesn't mean the better team always wins all of these games. And quite frankly, leaning again into this one, the Boston Celtics, who are catching three and a half to four points there over the first two games in San Francisco, now they're the favorites. Almost like that you know, template here that you're using. All right, let's set it like 212 and a half, 212 in that range, see where it goes, and make that as a, a, a total for games one, two, and now three. And then we're going to take a look here at the lines going, okay, home team is just going to be three and a half, how equally matched up these teams are. But for me, for my money, I think, again, the Boston Celtics are the play here in game three. Do I think Steph Curry is going to have a very good game? Yes, I do. Do I think some of the players on the Golden State Warriors will step up? Probably. But if I'm looking from a home perspective here, I think Brown's going to have a good game. I think Jason Tatum's going to have a good game. Some of those secondary players that come off the bench like a Derek White, mm-hmm. probably going to have a good game. The one wild card, Kevin, in this game overall that shouldn't be a wild card, does Klay Thompson, Kevin, come to play in game three? Listen, uh, again, don't hold your breath on Clay. Somebody wake him up for game five or game six. Like, that's when I'll start to think about Clay Thompson there. Uh, And really, not a moment sooner. I'm not interested in Clay going to Boston. He's not giving me any reason to be interested in Clay going to Boston early in a series. He's just not there. It's kind of the way this has gone. Part of the reason that I like Boston in this spot, right? Part of the reason I picked this team to win the series, this, that, is. I think you've got two superstars that should almost be ships kind of passing in the night here. What I mean by that is Steph has been unbelievable and Jason Tatum has been way below average. And you might think, oh, come on, a little harsh on Tatum. He was great in game number two. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. And that's not just because of a minus 36 worst ever in the history of plus minus NBA final marker there. Donnie, let me give you a little question. I know I got to say it slow because this isn't in the rundown, so it could throw you off a little bit here. It will. Jason Tatum has attempted 24 two-point shots through two games. 24 two-point shots. How many of those do you think he has made so far in this series? 24 two-point shots. So if you're asking me this question, it's probably not all that much. So I'm going to go with seven. He has made four two-point shots out of 24. He's been horrible. The only reason the Game 2 stat line looks good, Donnie, because he went wild from 3, 6 for 9. He was 2 for 10 from 2 in Game 2. Tatum has a 35-point performance in his locker during at least one of these games in Boston, and Steph has not been the same guy outside of Golden State. He has been markedly better when he is in Golden State than when he is on the road. Like, you, like the leading point score in this game... Tatum is plus 140 compared to Steph's plus 130. I'm interested in Tatum. I'm interested in Tatum's points prop over. I'm interested in Steph's points prop under. I'm interested in Tatum to score 35 at plus 370. And I think it hits in one of these up two coming games here, Donnie. I'm all in on Tatum. I'm lower on Steph. That is a big reason I am trusting Boston here in game three. It's rightfully so. And by the way, you talk about, you know, the rundown and you have to ask me this question slow. I'm still not over Major League Baseball. You somehow skip down to the Yankees game, passing about four or five games, setting Uh my computer on fire over here. But I'm a professional. I roll with it. (laughs) Even if the host doesn't know where he is in the lineup, the co-host here has to steer that ship and get us back. But if we're taking a look here, I speak the truth over here. If we're looking at game three here in Boston, 
couple guys that I do think that Steph Curry is going to have a good game tonight. But you know what? I already talked about Clay Thompson waiting on Clay Thompson. Game six, Clay, right? Is that what we're waiting on? So we got three more games for if Clay actually shows up here because you're, I'm looking at his points prop total on the FanDuel Sportsbook. And it's 18 and a half. I want to say under on Clay Thompson. But you know what? I'm actually starting to believe a little bit more. If I'm not getting the points out of Clay Thompson, I need to have that pool party step back up here off the bench. And no longer, Kevin, are we seeing 17 and a half, 16 and a half, and 15 and a half. You're down to 12 and a half for Jordan Poole. I think that's a doable number. Now, my guy, the best kept secret in the NDA playoffs, is finally getting respect. And I'm not liking it right now. And that's yeah. Derek White who routinely, you could step up to the plate at the FanDuel Sportsbook at any given moment and take an eight-and-a-half prop and say, you know what, I'll live with that. And, oh, yeah, Derek White's got eight after the first quarter, eight in the first half, and you cruise to a victory mm -hmm. here. He's now listed at 11-and-a-half, and I still like it. I still think Derek White steps up to the table today and can get 12 or more points. So if we're looking for a fade perspective as opposed to usually, let me take guys that are going to go over their total. I'm going to fade a couple guys in Clay Thompson. I'm going to back Jordan Poole. And also, Derek White still, 11 and a half. I think he got it, kid. I think he gets 12 tonight. That's, that's your guy there. He's going to send uh, Derek White a, a postcard at, at some point. Time. I'll mention this too quickly, not to like bag on Clay. Clay, we've seen during this postseason, typically he can bounce back after, you know, two subpar games. But I'm not getting any kind of discount at 18 and a half minus None. 120 Zero. to the over. That, that's another problem there for me when, when we try and line up Clay Thompson. I, I'm really uninterested. We haven't talked a ton about the total, Donnie, here at 212. I, I want to say over, but I'm so worried about basically just a blowout meaningless fourth quarter minutes here. I'd rather be attacking maybe a golden or rather a Boston team total. I'd maybe be more interested in a first half over something along those lines than the full game 212. I think I'd be interested maybe in either a first half over, which is right now listed at 107, which is not cheap, by the way, kind of when you, when you do that math, or the Boston team total, which is 107 and a half. Yeah, agreeing with the line movement. That's what I'm doing here. So if you take a look at the FanDuel Sportsbook here, open up at a 213 price, as we see now on game day at 212. I do agree. It was on game time decision yesterday, and I talked about that because I think I'm in the same realm with you. You see the 212 with these two teams. Hey, man, Tatum can light it up. Steph gets it going. They can really do some damage. But sometimes we forget of how good these two teams are actually defensively during the regular season. And you're talking about pressure points and ratcheting it up. We know the Golden State Warriors can shoot the lights out at home. Can they do it on the road in a tough environment in Boston? And also, if we're taking a look at Clay Thompson, not being Clay Thompson, you only have one splash brother at this point. Now, you said, I think Poole does have a decent game, but are we expecting Poole to get 20-plus points in this game to sort of pick up the slack that Clay Thompson's not delivering? I'm not so sure of that. And you're right. The propensity for blowouts in the NBA to get to the fourth quarter and have the game just come to a grinding halt because every bench player is getting into the game. 212 seems like a low price, but I still think that this game has a legitimate chance to stay under, and I'll bank on that. I'll go with the under 212 in this one. I, I, it's, it's understandable. I don't have a, a level of conviction on, on this total that I, I typically would be looking for there. It, it's not one that it, it, not a run-to-the-window kind of spot, right, that sometimes we talk about. You mentioned Derek White stepping up. What about Al Horford? What about Marcus Smart? Those you know, guys that had big game number ones did not were not able to answer the bell in game number two. I'm interested in Marcus Smart, Donnie. Marcus Smart is usually good 
for I just think going back to Boston, you usually will find a Marcus Smart game, if you will. Maybe he had it in game one. 18, 5, and 4, four made threes. But I'm interested in Marcus Smart, maybe a points plus assist prop, something like that. Who are the other guys you're looking for outside of obviously your guy, Derek White? Yeah, typically you you would be looking for Al Horford at 11 and a half points. One of those guys that can step up. You know he's going to have wide open three-point shots, and sometimes all it takes for Al Horford to knock down that first three-point shot that says, okay, I got at least four or five more of these bullets you know, in the arsenal at this point. But if I'm looking down the line, like some of those guys that you don't anticipate, Kevin, and I'm talking about you know a Kivon Looney at a six and a half. One of those guys that you know is going to play a lot of minutes in this game, do some of the dirty work and get rebounds and maybe a couple quick putbacks here. So somebody on that level. The upper echelon guys, you know, the Steph Curry's 28 and a half, as we talked about, you know, Draymond Green. It feels like Draymond Green is going to have a lot of energy in this game, Kevin. And what I mean by that is either energy meaning I told you how good I am. You're not going to disrespect me. I'm going to go out and get 14, 11, and 10 in this Mm -hmm. game for a triple-double. Or that energy is used against him where he's so amped up that he does one of his Mm -hmm. one for seven from the floor, technical foul, five fouls, you know, 11 rebounds, six assists, but just doesn't score. That's an interesting one for me. But when the spotlight is on very good basketball players, I want to see with that energy, which means usage rate. I actually might think Draymond has a chance to go over. Now, look at the juice on this. Eight and a half with a plus 108. You're on the verge of maybe seeing a seven and a half here at the FanDuel Sportsbook. I'd actually be anticipated something like that. If that thing drops to seven and a half at the FanDuel Sportsbook, I'm going to take Draymond over to get eight points in this game. I think that would make some sense as one of those secondary guys that doesn't score that many points. But I do think the bigness of this game brings Draymond out with a lot of energy. Yeah, the problem is when he gets thrown out of this game. His points, rebounds, sure. and assists is 21 and a half. Yeah. I'd bet under, and I'd wait for him to get thrown out, and I would not let anyone tell me that I was lucky on my under. I would tell them that was my breakdown. He was getting thrown. Yeah. Like, I'll be honest with you, Donnie. You bet his over points he gets thrown out, that's not a bad beat. That's on you. That's on you. Yeah. That's on you for betting Draymond yeah. Green with the temperature of this series right now. Like, that's truly how this jumps out to me. I'll you bring can see him leaving quickly. the court in the third quarter. Yeah. Uh, Oh, Donnie, I could see him leaving. Donnie, Birds I could see him fans. logging zero third quarter minutes, zero third quarter minutes, zero fourth quarter minutes because he has been thrown uh, out in the first half yeah. of this basketball oh, game. Man. Like it is oh, absolutely man. live that that's how this plays out. I just want to sneak this in, and these are again money line one p.m. start time. Myself and Donnie, uh, the stat leaders category: most points, assists, rebounds, made threes. But that first quarter market, Steph, a lot of respect, plus one seventy. Tatum, plus 370, hot start. It does jump out a little bit there. Even the Jalen Brown, plus 460. We didn't talk a lot about Jalen Brown. He probably will bounce back tonight. We've got plenty of time to talk about it on Moneyline. Before you go anywhere, you make sure that you listen up as Donnie will close out the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. 
See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. All right, last segment of the day here for a Wednesday on the early line. It's at some channel 159 right here on the grid. Donnie Wrightside and Kevin Walsh, as usual, carrying it over from 7, 9 a.m. Before we hand it over to Ben Stevens and the morning after to get the rest of your sports grid day underway. A lot of things in the news, right? We're excited tonight about the NBA Finals Game 3 in Boston. Complete breakdowns all morning long, and certainly you'll get your fill on the rest of our programming here on the Sports Grid Network. But sometimes it's time to talk NFL, and Cam Newton is in the news here. Listen up. All right, Cam Newton in the news as we talk some NFL here in the early parts of June. Why is that? Well, Cam Newton doesn't even have a team yet that he's trying to get ready for the 2022 season. I'm going to help him out here. Now, as you saw, he was actually on a podcast yesterday talking about he didn't put himself in the best situations here with signing back with Carolina. A couple days into that signing, he's out on the field. and They actually pulled an upset victory over the Arizona Cardinals. But the next five games that Cam Newton started, they were 0-5. And I believe he only had three touchdown passes in those five starts. So I say to myself, for Cam Newton, once one of the best, most dynamic players in the NFL, an MVP candidate that got his Carolina Panthers to the Super Bowl, didn't win it, but still got there. That was a monumental achievement where he was at the top of his game. But in the years past, it's evident. It's not that great of a passer anymore, some wear and tear on that shoulder. But my goodness, Cam, you can still have a good career in the NFL just by playing that Swiss Army knife like we see out of Taysom Hill for the New Orleans Saints. Come on. Come back and accept that role. I thought it would have been perfect last year for the New England Patriots to keep Cam Newton and play that sidekick there to Mac Jones, a dominant threat in the red zone, running and passing, short yardage situations, unstoppable. Cam, you don't need to be the starting quarterback. You can play an extra five years at a high level and make a good amount of pay just by accepting that role. There are options out here for you to do this. Go ahead and do it. Take the checks here. By the way, you still need to stay tuned here for Ben Stevens in the morning after right here on the grid. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.